Computer, initialize Holosuite. Space, the final frontier. Let's see what's out there. There are a million things in this universe you can have, and there are a million things you can't have. It's no fun facing that, but that's the way things are. You can deny me all you want. But you cannot deny Ben Sisko exists. Dismissed. Let's start with expression four. Get out. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Her First Trek. I am Kyle West and I am one of two people talking on this podcast today. The second person is not here with me at this exact moment in time, but she is about to join us in just a few short minutes. Get ready to listen to Katie West, that's my wife, talk about two Star Trek episodes she'd never seen before. We're doing two TNGs this week, Symbiosis and Skin of Evil. Obviously some big stuff goes down in one of those episodes, so let's find out what Katie thought of it very soon. Before that, please make sure you follow us on social media at Her First Trek. More importantly, though, if you could just subscribe to this podcast if you're not already a subscriber, or even just hit that five-star rating or that like button, whichever it is for you, please just do that. We appreciate the support, and we cannot wait for DST as well, uh, which is, I think it's going to happen before our next episode goes out. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I think our next episode goes out like the day after DST finishes, so if you won't have any thoughts on DST, we'll get those out the following the following episode. But yes, if you go into DST, please hit us up. Maybe we'll be able to meet you. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it right after this snippet from Symbiosis. We'll start talking about some TNG. Now, as for our cargo. Our cargo, Captain. Wrong, Soby. My first officer has said that ownership of this cargo is in dispute, but this question must be settled by whatever legal machinery exists between your two societies. Captain, you don't understand. This is a matter of life and death. Why is that? What is this cargo? Medicine. Indeed. Our planet is in desperate need, Captain. We have people suffering from a lethal plague. The cargo you have impounded is the only hope of life for our people. Is that so? Yes. You must think us heartless brutes, Captain, but look at our side of it. The plant which yields the medicine Felicium grows only in remote areas of Brecca. It must be painstakingly cultivated, harvested, purified. A complex and expensive process. That single shipment of Felicium represents an enormous investment. We can't just give it away. So let's talk about drugs, baby, which I've never done, by the way, for the record. Sorry? I said me neither. Okay. Why do you look at me like that? I'm just saying, is that what we're going to say on air, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Right. Okay, I believe you. listening to this. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> this episode was about, uh, well, they rescue a ship, Riker and, and co. And they bring people aboard who are arguing about a bunch of supplies. Turns out the supplies is a bunch of medicine that could give you like a couple of billion doses to uh, to one person's planet who are suffering from a plague. But then the species who made the medicine won't give it over because the payment got destroyed when their ship got destroyed so it was not final they ever received the goods but then we find out that as desperate as people are for this medicine and this medicine actually doesn't cure the plague it's just for like three days at a time i mean can you imagine that three days at a time mm. and how much that would cost you it turns out that it was from 200 years ago and this species who make it 
it's actually a narcotic. So yes, it did get rid of the plague almost actually immediately, but it was so addictive that the species who had to have it did not realize that the plague was gone uh, and assumed the symptoms they were experiencing was the plague. It's actually just withdrawal. And the alien species who were selling it to them knew all this mm. and uh, saw it because they didn't have to do anything. They didn't. They stopped trying to explore space. They stopped doing anything. They just they focused their business to. on it. Yeah, because they were having a nice, comfy life because they knew that they were going to get loads of money off this other race. Bit of a debate. Beverly thinks they should provide a stimulant or something that would be able to help wean the, the addicted mm. druggies off the um, medication. But... Uh, Picard says no and says it's violating the Prime Directive. But he does find a way around this whole kind of thing in that he's not going to give the drug-taking species, he won't give them these supplies they need to fix their ships so that they can go back and forth to get the medicine. And he knows that if they don't do that, the ones making the medicine will not have any way of getting money and such off this species, so they're going to have to do something. So I think in other ways, Picard is trying to force the situation that the two of them are going to work it out Yeah, and themselves. I think that was really clever. It was clever, but I mean... I, I can don't... understand Beverly's point of view, though. Well, I'm on Team Beverly in this. Okay. I'm completely Team Beverly because, I don't know, maybe I don't understand the Prime Directive after my whole life of watching Star Trek, but I don't think the Prime Directive stops you from, from getting involved in that situation, especially once they found out that the alien species knew it was a narcotic... Mm. And had actually made it more potent as well because they want to make more money off it. I think at that point, the Federation, uh, the Prime Directive should allow you to get involved and say, well, hang on now, this has gone from just becoming addicted to a medicine, which I could have said maybe in that situation they couldn't get involved. But this is actually the people who, who made the medicine were making it more addictive mm. after it was no longer acquired. Uh, and I think at that point, you've got to step in. I mean, yeah, I think that should be what the Prime Directive does, but I don't think that's what it does. And I think Picard found a really good solution to it because, yes, it's going to suck for a couple of days after you finish taking the medication, but he managed to solve that problem. We hope. He also beamed the two people from the other planet who make them medicine down to the other planet. Yeah. And so I they just realised they can't leave. As you just said that, I realised that as well. He was actually, <laughs> yeah, he was sending them down. To, and then they can't go home because no. there's nowhere to do it. And <laughs> they've got to watch that then. Mm. They've got to, and the, the woman seemed smug AF, but the guy actually seemed a little bit like wobbly. See, I saw it the other way. Really? Early on, anyway. Uh, but I think I, I do think it flipped as it went on. I felt like he was starting to be the one who was kind of like, well, oh, actually, why are we doing this? Whereas she was almost proud. It, yeah, it, I, yeah. It was as if once Picard and Beverly confronted them over it and were listing all the things that these two people on their planet had done to this other species, it's like she took a sense of pride in their achievements. Yeah, it was know? weird. Yeah, so I thought, I mean, I, I quite enjoyed this episode, more than you did, actually, from when mm. we chatted. Uh, you thought it was... Okay. Yeah. I actually thought it was good. Uh, I like the dilemma. I really, I didn't like Picard in this episode at all. You know, I did think he was, he was in the wrong. I liked Wesley sort of questioning how could anyone become addicted to drugs? Yeah, it was something that he clearly didn't understand, yeah. but I enjoyed Natasha's response to it. I keep calling her Natasha. It's just Tasha, isn't it? No, I think it's both. I call her Tasha. Um, call her whoever you want. <laughs> you scumbag hoe. Hmm. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> No, I like her. She she gave a good answer to it, and it was quite like opening. It was quite open towards like her past. 
Yeah, well, she said her planet was riddled with stuff like that. And, mm. uh, yeah, it did allude to maybe experiences that she'd had herself mm. or at least certainly been around anyway. She was smiling as she was saying yeah. it, though. It was weird. She probably think, like, I'm just taking something this morning, actually. <laughs> yeah, she's like, sometimes when you take these kinds of things, you won't believe the unbelievable high that it gives you. Well, she gets such a, a high off of sex that I'm thinking, you know, Tasha's popping ecstasy pills. <laughs> For giant butt plugs. Yeah, with the giant butt plugs, yeah. I think the thing with Wesley there is it showed how, like, sheltered a life mm. he's had. I know that his dad died, but being the son of two staffy officers, because we've known from later tracks, at least, thinking of Picard, for example, uh, with Raffi, who's an uh, alcoholic, mm. and she's smoking that stuff. I can't remember what it was called. So we know that narcotics exist even on Earth. But Wesley just hasn't been. But when it's it's weird, isn't it? Because he's such a smart, like book smart guy. Mm. But when it comes to like street smarts or like even just like social interaction, he's weird. He is really weird. I mean, he's thirsty. (laughs) Well, yeah, he is. Thirsty Wesley. Thirsty Wesley makes his return. I could actually see Wesley becoming like a druggie. Wesley is a no shits given kind of guy. Sometimes I just picture him at the helm, just like. (laughs) You know, just pulls his sleeve up, uh, just rips off his collar maybe, ties it around his arm, tightens it. Data's just looking on curiously as he does that sort of smell the fart acting as he's looking around. And and you can see Troy being like, oh, because she's feeling what Wesley's feeling, so maybe she wants some of it. I bet she feels really happy after he takes it. Yeah, and then uh, Picard's watching, like, what the hell is is he doing? And you imagine Riker comes over, puts his leg up on the station next to Wesley. He's like, what are you doing? And Wesley's just there, just like pulling out a needle. But wouldn't even do it with a needle at that point because no, they've got hypersprays. That, that but I feel thing. like Wesley, the drug taker here, Wesley, the heroin addict. He does it old school. He's old school. He's badass. He gets the old. Yeah. He's probably, and as he, he lifts his sleeve up, he's got a tattoo of a cannabis leaf <laughs> on his yeah. He's probably actually lighting there. You know, they like, I don't even know. They like the thing and they heat it. He's probably doing that on the bridge. I can just picture it now. God. You've watched a lot of like Breaking Bad, that kind of thing. Because I wouldn't even, if someone gave me drugs, like I would just look at it and be like, what do I do with this? I'll admit now that it may sound like I'm an expert on heroin. He's like ripping his shirt sleeve off and tying it. Like, I just watched a lot, I've supported a lot of heroin addicts on TV. Jack Bauer. First time I think I ever saw heroin being used. And yeah, I've I've never done any of those things though. I wouldn't know where to begin. To begin at the beginning. Isn't that cocaine? Oh no, that's crack. Dylan Thomas wrote. See, we didn't even know the differences with these. Drugs. I don't know. No, we are the Wesley in this situation. Don't take drugs, guys. Yeah. Were you happy with the outcome of this, though, in the sense that we didn't actually know the outcome? We were kind of leaving them to it. Yeah, but we know what's going to happen. Like, well, what do you think is going to happen? I think they're going to go down to the planet, the four of them. They're going to take the... Let's just take a moment to appreciate that those drugs were lentils. <laughs> yes, I forgot about that. They, they <laughs> did appear to be lentils. Red split lentils. Which I just started eating recently, mm, lentils. Very nice. So, um... It's also protein. Apparently so. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. That's so they're gonna just a bit like of protein just saves the planet. Really. Pop a lentil each couple. You know they've got like what a billion doses or something they said in there, and then after that they're gonna get withdrawal. Things are gonna feel shit for like three days. Yeah. And then those people have to watch, and then they're gonna go. Oh, hang on, I actually kind of feel better. Even if that happened, I feel the other species will find a way to get them addicted again. I reckon one of them will crack. No pun intended. No pun intended. I think they're going to be like, I'm really sorry we did this. And then the people from the plague planet are going to rebel because they're angry. They're, yeah. They've got withdrawals and they're going to like burn Ooh. them and eat them alive. Two planets. Could, oh, wow. They've, they've turned it into escalated. carnivals. Or cannibals, I guess, is the... Not carnivals, cannibals. 
Wow. Yeah. And that's where the Cerritos comes along. Second contact vessels. <laughs> so, the Cerritos pulls up. The Mariner's like, hey, yeah. why are you eating them? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like, it, it's a long story. You're going to have to talk to Picard about it. <laughs> you know, Captain Freeman said this. These first contacts, they just do these things and fly off. And they do. And hope that things things go well. Yes, like I said, I think I enjoyed it more than you. Has it, your opinion changed in the time since we watched it, though? In like the, it's been about two days, I think, I since really we watched I really liked one. the premise of it. Like, the concept was really good. And I liked Picard's conundrum. I like how he stayed strong with it, despite the pressure from someone who's a bit more, like, empathetic. Is that a word? Yeah. Yeah. And if not, why not? Let's just do it. Here it is. Empathetic. Sympathetic. To mm. their needs and to their well-being. But Picard doesn't give in to that. He's just like, yeah, I'm sticking with the Prime Directive. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, I, I just wish it had been executed slightly better, I think. Okay. I think TNG does that in, from season three onwards, though. It was a bit, it was like quite slow. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're all like this right now, aren't they? They're lacking in the, mm-hmm. the speed of later tracks, at least. But we are coming up on the end of the season at this rate. We've got, I think, four episodes left following this. So I'd like to say shit is going to pick up. But we're just on a steady course. Wonderful. Warp two and all the way. I'll make myself comfortable. (laughs) I bet you would on the Enterprise D as well. Oh, yeah. Captain Jean-Luc Picard. I wish I could say you've been like a father to me. But I've never had one, so I don't know what it feels like. But if there was someone in this universe I could choose to be like. Someone who I would want to make proud of me. It's you. You who have the heart of an explorer and the soul of a poet. So, you'll understand when I say, death is that state in which one exists only in the memory of others, which is why it is not an end. No goodbyes. Just good memories. Hailing frequencies closed, sir. So let's talk about a TNG episode that doesn't even have much to unpack, I don't think, uh, in this one. Uh, Skin of Evil from uh, TNG Season 1, obviously. Getting towards the end now. The end is in sight. It's crazy that it's been such a long season. I know. But it's this, so long. This is normal length, though. So DS9 and Voyager had shorter first seasons, but oh, okay, twenty six episodes is the norm for Trek. So get ready for it. Okay, TOS is currently. I'm really buckling in here. <laughs> so when you told me I had a certain number of seasons in each seasons. show to watch, yep. you didn't tell me how many episodes were in each season, did you, sneaky little? We <laughs> <laughs> have twenty six episodes a season. Mm. TOS's first season, I think, is twenty eight or twenty nine. So, but TOS gets less each time. Season two is less and season three is less. Every cloud. Yeah, see. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so Skin of Evil. Now, in this episode, I remember this vaguely as a kid, but there's a planet. Deanna tries in a shuttle that's crashed on the planet. One crew member, I think, is dead or unwell. I can't remember that bit. There's a little black swamp of tar, is what I always used to think of it. And the away team are trying to get to the shuttle to help them. But this tar, which is actually called Armus, is a very angry puddle of tar. I mean, wouldn't you be? I would be pretty angry, yeah. Because it turns out that we found out that Armus was left behind by the people and he was just full of hate. It reminds me of, you know the movie that people say that Avatar is based off of? Fern Gully? No, I don't know that. No, no, it's a a cartoon, but it's actually really thought-provoking and basically the basis of Avatar. 
So that was a stolen idea. And yeah, the bad guy in that is like black, toxic, like tar. Oh, really? That like oozes around and... Oh, when was that from? People. Like my childhood, like 90s. Oh, I copied TNG then. Maybe. Oh, we found the first... So what we're saying indirectly, Avatar... <laughs> Ripped off TNG's TNG skin of evil. equals Ferngully <laughs> equals Avatar. Yeah, they are all the same thing. Exactly <laughs> the same. Oh my god, isn't, isn't Zoe Saldana in Trek movie as well? Yeah, she is. Oh my god. She plays Ahura in the Kelvin It's like the seven timeline. degrees of separation, you know? It is. I think six degrees of separation. Is it? Yeah. Oh. I'm glad I get to correct you on something. <laughs> It's not very often. No. At least not when we record it. Enjoy it. Yeah, I will. I will. I'll bask in it. So eventually they leave Armus. Well, Picard has like a face off with Armus, which can take like a humanoid shape form when it's not a puddle of tar. Tar, for people who don't know, like tar is like, you know, you'd use on... Who doesn't know what tar is? I don't know. Americans or other countries where they don't <laughs> Do use... they not use tar? They might not call it tar. I think they do. Like, do what they call tarmac for their roads and stuff? I think they use, yeah. I don't know. Let us know anyway, guys. So Picard has a face-off with Armus at the end and uh, tells Armus they're not going to take him away. And he leaves Armus there. Quite brutal, actually. Because if Armus escapes the planet, he can take his hate and evil powers He's elsewhere. quite strong. Well, let's speak about that. He killed Tasha Yar. That was the weirdest moment because I was so sure that she wasn't dead because I, it was such a nothing moment. You were so casual. I can still yeah, picture it. Yeah, I was it. super casual. You were just like, I think we might have been eating our dinner. I can't remember mm. when you were watching it. And she died. And you didn't, I was looking at you, no reaction. And then after a moment, you just turned to me and said, for the record, I in no way believe she's dead. <laughs> and at the end, you were like, is she dead? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like seriously, it was such a, it was, it's a shame really, because I think the character deserved more. Well, she dies when I think they're all trying to get round armor so yeah. And then it just, what does he do? I can't remember. He hits her with a little bit of... Yeah, he like sparks her and yeah. like throws and her. It, uh, and it kills her pretty much instantly. What I will say on this is it's naff. It's a, like, it's a horrible death for a main character. Yeah. But part of me appreciates it. Because how many red shirts do we see die deaths like that? Across yeah, all the shows. I get it. I just feel like, I don't know, I'm not really like a massive TV expert across the years, but I feel like these days that kind of thing would be appreciated because then online afterwards everyone's talking about it. And actually by giving her a low profile death, you've actually made people talk about it more. Yeah. But all you did back then was go, she's not important. Yeah. Write her off. Yeah. How do you want to do it? I don't care. Well, Have some black goo fling her across the room. I, mean, cool. I think I told you afterwards that, you know, it was looking like it was going to be uh, Marina Sirtis mm. getting uh, taken off the show because allegedly Gene Roddenberry didn't think they needed a counsellor because he didn't think mental health issues would exist in the future. So Gene was not all as enlightened as, as some in might some think areas. he was. Yeah. Uh, yes. If anything, mental health has become more of an issue. And I think when you're dealing with the adventures every week, that they are, I think you definitely need to have a counselling team. And anyway, isn't, that's not really her whole role, is it? No. It's also like advisor. Yeah. You know, there's a lot more going on. So when her head might have been on the chopping block, Denise Crosby came forward and said she wanted off the show. So Denise Crosby is still credited in the next episodes, which would imply that she was still under contract, which means they didn't need to kill her off when they did. They could have probably held on to her for a few episodes, but they didn't. So clearly when she said she wanted out, they just wrote her out. And I don't know if the death being so unimportant and it wasn't even a big part of the plot, really. I don't know if that was like a, a big F you to her or if I'm trying to be too positive and being like they would thought, well, what if one of our main characters dies the way that a, an unknown Yeah, I don't think it was dies? that. 
that's good. No, did anyone that see that? You want to see those ridiculous, stupid deaths happen to actually important people sometimes? No. But it's more believable, isn't it? But then I'm the kind of person that goes, oh, those poor red shirts. I mean, why mm. would you even apply for a job? Yeah, he just got married. And yeah. And what, what, if his, what if his wife has a baby on the way? And oh my gosh. And his pet dog's really going to miss him. And he's going to sit by his grave. Do you have any favourite parts in this episode? I enjoyed kind of the interaction between the goo and... Heartless. Um, Troy? No. Yeah. Picard? Yeah, no. Yeah, <clears throat> Troy. I was going to say Marina, and then I was like, what's going on here? Um, yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that she could sort of see down to his evil nature. And I also enjoyed Picard being like, yeah, I'll take you away. Yeah, I'll help you. And then as soon as he gets what he wants, he's like, I'm taking you nowhere. <laughs> you and I'm going to put shit. this planet like off limits. Like, he's so cold about yeah. it that was really not star trek i, I like Starfleet. It. I, I like when the trek captains get serious though oh same they all have like you know, there's moments when they get really serious you're like oh shit i love a good dark captain moment oh you're gonna love cisco then as we keep going at the moment he just doesn't strike me as that kind of person you know oh, wait till we get to season six is it when he in the pale bald? moonlight well, he is bald at that point yeah <laughs> once he's bald the hair goes the goatee comes the goatee's there a bit sooner but once the hair goes in the Pale Moonlight, season six, considered one of the greatest episodes of Star Trek, and probably has the darkest behaviour. Wow. Worse, maybe, than when Archer stole the I technology of that I don't believe ship. you. Really? That can't be true. Because that was, that was not a fall from grace. That was a dip below the standards that I set for Archer, that he made me set for him by being so fantastic. And then he screwed those people over and left them there. He did. To save his planet, though. Should add, in defence yeah, of Archer. Yeah. This episode, what do, you, what do you think of it as a whole? It was okay. I mean, that that thing was formidable and I didn't really know how they were going to do Keep anything it, yeah. about it because it seemed to have endless powers. No one understood it. Kill Tasha had control of everything. But at the end of the day, it was just a, like, tar puddle. What about the final scene? The funeral? Yeah, that was nice. For some reason, it didn't hit me in the feels no. like it probably should have. Because no one gives a shit about Tasha. Well, I wasn't going to say it. Couldn't care less about Tasha as a character. I don't feel like the show's going to miss her. And I know that sounds horrible. There, there hasn't been much of a focus on her. So it wasn't like one of those characters that you get really like warmed up to. Like if it were Troy, we've really warmed up to her with the whole yeah. like wedding thing yeah. and the thing between her and um, Riker. But for Tasha, it's kind of like they tried to do that at the start of this episode with her and Worf. Oh, and he's like, oh, yeah, you're going to win this like taekwondo competition or whatever she's participating in but i think that's the first time i've been like oh okay she's, she's a person, person. <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that then yeah. also i just want to put out given in the funeral scene she is her hologram is speaking to everyone that's there like by name and stuff <laughs> i just feel like it's it was very presumptuous of her uh-huh. that those those specific people were going to be there could have gone in mul- multiple ways number one she could have been speaking to someone who wasn't there and you'd be like this is awkward as yeah. she's talking to them or what if some other people came. Yeah. Or just one other person came who wasn't on the list of yeah. people. And they'd be like, oh, right, well, it like... didn't matter. So why <laughs> the hell did I come to your funeral, you twat? It'd be like in Friends where Rachel says bye to everybody apart from Ross. Yeah. And he's like, the fuck? <laughs> How about Data dealing with death, though? It was interesting. It was fine. I don't know. He didn't seem... Well, obviously he's not bothered because he's an android. But, you yeah. know, those two have had moments. Yeah, I think he was... She was his friend, I think. and Yeah. Can you really have friends, though? I think. When you're an android? 
You don't think Data's friends with his crew? You don't uh, think they consider him a friend? Yeah, they do. But can he consider someone a friend because he doesn't really have emotions? Maybe that's part of the journey. Or he wants emotions. I'd like him to be able to because I love Data. Can I just put out there as well? I'm going to state this now. Tasha Yar is the first in many truly awful television deaths for Star Trek characters. Oh, great. As okay. in, Trek does not have a good track record on TV. Oh. Think of Enterprise's last episode. Oh, yeah, I mean, that was just diabolical. Yeah, I'm trying not to spoil it for people who haven't seen that yet, but not very well written. The Tasha Yar one, there's other ones as well, which will come across. Just not well done. Done very well in movies, typically, though. Well, not yeah. always. I still feel very angry about one film, but it's been almost 30 years since that film came out, and I'm still bitter. This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer, list other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, The Janeway, a Star Trek Voyager podcast. Yeah, so we cut to night time. Harry sneaks out of the bed and starts looking up Voyager with his security codes, etc. Um, again, should be in underwear, but... Computer, show me Tom Paris. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> show me his location right now. Oh, he's 450 meters away. <laughs> hey. Oh my gosh. It was Grongle. <laughs> he's like, I have to go to a hookup. Olivia, I have to go to Bear. I have to, he found, he found him on, on Space Ungrinder. Star Trek Grinder. Space and he's like, it's Space Grinder. <laughs> Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4 Beyond Farpoint, a Star Trek The Next Generation podcast. And Picard's the other character trying to solve the mystery, so he leaves for that reason alone. It could be, and it could really be any character, any one of of the main cast members could have gone with Data and been there with Data several days later, trying to solve what happened to the Enterprise. It's it, it it's very very much a kind of a, a plot reason and nothing more. I think. Yeah, um, I kind of wish Data had stayed on the ship actually, because I would like to have seen him regress to a pocket calculator. <laughs> Computer, deactivate Holosuite.